There's so many points of heart within it, isn't there? Like you said, the, the fact that they don't even call it drugs or cocaine is treasure. Yeah, and that, that completely sets up the innocent mindset of it. Even though they're ultimately trying to do a drug deal, they're seeing it as treasure. They talk about this big grandiose life, but then they can't even kill a chicken. Or they, you know, mm. when they're to it, they're afraid of lots of stuff. And it's there's a real vulnerability to their characters that I, I really like and you can really connect with. Hey guys, this is 67, number 67 of the Flix Watcher podcast. Welcome. Hello and welcome to Flix Watcher podcast. Today we will be reviewing the 2017 film, The Young Offenders, with our guests Jason. Hi there. Tiernan. Hello. And as always, Kobe. Hey. And if you want to hear more about us or read more about us online, come to our website, flixwatcher.tv. Visit us and join in the banter with us on Twitter at flixwatcherpod and Head over to iTunes, subscribe to us, review us, and share with your friends. All films featured in the podcast were available to stream on Netflix UK at the time of recording, and please be aware there will be spoilers and some language that may offend. Hello, welcome to Flix Watcher Podcast. In our little recording studio today, we are joined by Tiernan and Jason. If you would like to um, say a little bit about the podcast that you work on to our lovely listeners. Uh, I do the Partly Political Broadcast, which is a political comedy podcast and therefore puts off people who like politics and comedy because it's not quite either of those. Um, and I just sort of shout about the past week's politics and then get clever guests on who properly explain things to me. Um, and that's mainly to stop me just crying about the world in my sleep. So you, you must have the same problem as Have I Got News For You that almost as soon as the episode is finished or in the can shit changes yeah it's it's really fucked up it's the, the, the worst the worst i mean because because mine comes out on a tuesday morning mm. so a lot of stuff tends to happen on a sunday or monday yeah and that's all right but the the worst was last year when trees may called the snap election five minutes after my podcast came out <laughs> and i still i mean there's a lot of reasons i'm not happy with her but that is i mean that's up there it's definitely up there so angry i mean thinking about being angry are you just how how do you deal with having to kind of think and look about all this crap that's going on and kind of make it funny and how do you just not end up just crying in a darkened room? Well, I think, but my way of coping, so, so I've been doing stand-up comedy 15 years and my way of coping with everything is to find a funny angle to it. So I think the best thing to do in these kind of times of absolute madness is to find something that can make you laugh about it and also if you laugh about it it kind of helps you process it a little bit better I think it kind of helps you understand it and look around it and also maybe go it's not actually that awful that you know there's a way to look at this with some positivity somehow um I mean it mainly does involve me coming up with really awful descriptions of Boris Johnson and Nigel Farage uh, this week I think I called Boris Johnson an old brass stuffed with melted custard creams so you know things like that um but uh you know it's it, I think you've got to put a light uh sort of a, a light touch or a friendly touch into this kind of politics to make people want to have a listen to it no one wants a miserable cast do they and how far in advance do you think about the week ahead i mean I, the reason i'm asking is this weekend is the first arrival since he became president of uh of president nobed yeah i know yeah. i know is, is any, you going, you, anyone gonna go march i'm gonna go march um, yeah i've got a beer festival to go to that day as well though but and also because i ride around regent's park and the ambassador's house is in regent's park it's like a fortress there now so i am livid that i can't go cycling in the morning um, so I might march on for that reason. 
That's fair. I was. I'm. I'm very sad that I'm. I'm not going to go. I feel awful. I should be. I'm very want to be politically involved. But a, I've got a three and a half month old daughter, and I think getting her there will be. If I'm stuck in the middle of a march and she poos everywhere, it's going to be the worst day of our lives. Mm. Um, and also, weirdly, I have some really good friends coming from America who I haven't seen in ten years, who are also over on that day. I feel like they've picked the worst time. I don't think they're getting a lift Maybe on Air Force One. Maybe they've come especially so yeah. that they can protest. <laughs> That's that how strongly I mean, they I feel about it. Especially him. for that reason, and not because they've really changed since I last saw them, and they're over as part of his entourage or something. Um, but yeah, so I've got quite crap reason. But I really wanted to see the big uh, giant baby Trump hot air balloon. Yeah, that yeah. Sadiq just said, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. float it. Can't, can't well, wait. I agree. I think you should float it, but I also think that it's uh, it's slightly inappropriate in that the real Donald Trump can never keep hot air in for that long without <laughs> expelling it from at least one orifice, normally during a press conference. So. <laughs> That's where I feel it's slightly wrong, but there you go. Uh, Jason, who are you? So I'm Jason Reed on Twitter, Jason Tron, and I do the Stop and Search podcast, which is all about drugs. Uh, we should legalise, regulate drugs, uh, decriminalise, and if you don't think you should, then have a listen to us why. We have all sorts of different guests on there. Thankfully, Tiernan has been helping us out. Because actually, you said, Tiernan, you've got to make this lighthearted. And when you're involved in drug policy, you realise there's a hell of a lot of death that goes on in it. We've got the highest record of deaths of all time at the moment. So to try and get some lighthearted spins on that really helps getting mm. it, the point across to people that aren't necessarily interested. So that's what I do. One thing I find fascinating about your podcast is that um, for me, it's, a, it's, it's like a no-brainer on so many different reasons, for, for so many different reasons. But the I guess the main thing I think it's not push, being pushed forward is because politicians want to stay in power. Um, how, I mean, how much of a, an argument is that? Is that I mean, how how realistic is that a statement or how true is that a statement? It is a weird process because you've got the public opinion and then you've got the political opinion and they both intertwine and affect each other. So the politicians until this day and age have thought that if we touch drugs and we come out, then the Daily Mail is going to attack us and mm. the middle classes who predominantly are the voters, um, there's no getting away from it, that you know they're the ones that are being pandered to, they're going to completely dis be disenfranchised. But what we found is that you totally need to get the groundswell, you need to get public opinion to push forward and then that elevates up to, to office. So that's what we try and do is to get entertainment and marketing involved in this so that people can actually understand what's going on. Because that's a lot of it is people just don't understand the issues because it's so heavy and you've got this position of all oh, drugs are bad. It just makes some degree of sense. So if we can get nuance into the conversation then they're brilliant that's what we need it's sort of a shame because if the daily mail all the people were there took drugs they'd probably be a lot calmer about everything <laughs> and but you know they do take drugs though. the wrong that's ones the just irony. the wrong ones yeah, yeah sure good point um and you're talking about a groundswell and obviously an, an analogous story to that is the lgbtq uh movement as well mm. and that's one that's now as we record this is pride month pride uh festival particularly was uh, in london was at the weekend and everywhere you go in London, there's a rainbow flag. You just can't, you can't move for it. Costa has got rainbow in its in The its overground's logo. got a nice little "Every Love Matters" yeah. slogan on it. And it's just been, it's just been accepted. Whereas yeah. even ten years ago, it was a whole different matter, wasn't it? We actually did an episode on that very theme. Actually, we got Peter Tatchell, who's you know renowned LGBT. Um, we had some uh, Steve Topple from the Canary and. Joan Slater, who's a friend of mine from Anyone's Child, and we did that. How can we learn from what the LGBTQ movement, what they did socially, what they did historically? How can we push this forward in different frames that they've utilised? And it's it was just such a fascinating discussion because there are so many overlaps. Um, Tinan, you brought us The Young Offenders. Yes, indeed. Can I you love tell this us, film. Can you tell us why you brought it to us and a two-minute synopsis? 
Uh, yeah, I brought it. So I should sort of say that I came to the film the wrong way round in that I watched the sitcom. Uh, it, it was a film first and then it became a uh, sitcom on okay. RTE and then that's been shown on the BBC since then and uh, got commissioned for a second series before the first series even finished because they liked it so much. Right. Um, and I watched episode one of the series and loved it so much I wanted to find out if anything else had happened and went, oh, it came from a film uh, and uh, immediately, pretty much immediately within a day went and watched the film and was just so absolutely delighted and <laughs> uh, just overjoyed by it um, I think it made me and my wife laugh an awful lot and um, so the synopsis is basically two uh, two school friends two teenage boys who are kind of troublemakers um, they realise that uh, or they hear on the news that a, a huge shipment of cocaine has washed up on the shores of, uh, of County Cork and they decide to go on a mad cycling trip to go and basically get some of it so they can sell it and be rich and kind of live better lives um, and they're both from sort of single parent families they've both got sort of uh kind of troubled backgrounds but they're really good-hearted mm. and, it, and it's essentially a really beautiful buddy kind of road movie but in cycling in ireland and uh it's got some of the most incredible scenery as well um and lovely comic characters where everyone is both somehow uh ridiculous but also very plausible and very <laughs> realistic and i just it's one of those films for me it's probably quite a, this is Pitched it probably a bit high for people who haven't seen it, but it felt like a sort of Irish hunt for the wilder people in that it just warmed okay. my heart and made me feel and made me laugh. And I came away going, there's also some real goodness to it. There's some real goodness about finally showing working class people in a really lovely way and going, look, look at these good, they've, they've screwed up, but there's, you know, they're trying to do something good. And it's beautiful. I loved it. Anyway. <laughs> I'm not sure it showed them in a lovely way, but it showed, it's, it's, it's good natured. Jason, what were your thoughts? I, I, I had no preconceptions of this whatsoever. I, I hadn't heard of it before you said. I didn't even know that. So is the series accessible? Can I actually get it? Uh, you, I don't know if it'll still be on iPlayer, but you could. Is it one two Ifters, which is like the the Irish Bafters? Um, <laughs> uh, the yeah, and uh, it's. It's, it, I mean, it's the what's nice about the TV series is it fleshes out all the characters even more, and it's got more about their school life in it. But um, the film is a very good starting point. Yeah, so straight away I I could think of comparisons of sure. of different films that it reminded me of, the, which I think are fairly obvious. And we'll get into. I think. Well, no, we'll get pull them out now if you want. Well, I think I think I'm not, and I haven't seen it for a while, but Twin Town straight away struck yeah. my my because it's that buddy movie in a kind of indigenous setting. Uh, very. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, of, <laughs> coming from mid middle class Kent, anything other than outside London just looks like some sort of completely wilderness to me. So yeah, coming from uh, County Court, as you said, the accents are brilliant straight away. Yeah. The, the comedy accents that come with it, they, the fact that they swerve up at the end and everything, it just it just sounds brilliant straight away. I'm I'm not used to that kind of Irish accent. No, though. I had to put the subtitles on. <laughs> yeah, I was like. Yeah, I, I want to enjoy this, but I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, the Cork accent's fantastic. It's, it's same. Um, uh, it's not quite the same, but if you ever listen to a Blind Boy podcast, uh, you know, from Rubber Bandits, he's got a Limerick accent, which is uh, slightly different to Cork, but they both have very interesting intonation, which sure. I think really adds to it. It's, again, really nice to, I don't know, see a film or see characters who don't just have the standard accents that you yeah, totally. see in comedy. That's one thing that took away from it. Sorry, and, and even when there is violence and there's insults going on, it still sounds really lovely. When they're, when they're, <laughs> like, like they're being your friend as they're attacking you. It's just so, so cool. Um, and it was, it was, it was, I had no idea where this film was going. Yeah. Uh, and it, what intrigues me is it says it's based on a mostly true story. So straight away, I, I then want to go back and find out what is true and what is based on 
you know, complete. So is that that it was one point five? Uh, what is it? One point five million tons of? No, that can't be right. That sounds a lot, doesn't it? One point five something Euros tons of no of, of cocaine oh, right. washed up on uh, Mizen Head on yeah. the uh, southwest coast of Cork. So that's the real bit. Oh, I see. And, uh, and, the, and yeah, it's, that's the other bit. And then the other true story bit is that he once went on a bike ride that was a little bit like that. Oh, that's amazing! I didn't know that. When yeah. you say he, who's he? The writer. Right, I can't remember director. his name. Yeah. Yeah. Paul Futzman, no? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Helen, what are your thoughts? I, I loved it. I thought it was great. It's got a lot of heart and it's very, very funny. And um, yeah, it's just, it's just really funny. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, like you've already said, it's, it's set in a very, very beautiful part of Ireland as well. And it's just, there's something very simple about the fact that the reasons why they're going to get the cocaine is to have, like this slightly better life where, you know, they're, you know, they don't have to have slightly the horrible home life or have to work in a fish market mm. and just kind of have that, like the bat cave, you know, their ambition is to live in this big house that they can see in the distance. Yeah, and have a house like, that looks like City Hall. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, have like a bat cave and not have to nick bikes yeah, have, and things like butler. that. Yeah. Yeah, he does a terrible Cockney accent. Yeah. yeah. So when you suggested this, I thought, oh, I'd... Looks looks like a crappy poster. Um, Netflix gave it a, a match, a price, a price match, a recommendation match of sixty one percent for me. Right. Which obviously, basically, algorithms makes it sound like it's not going to be that good for me, film for me. So I got up on Saturday morning. I thought I've got some work to do. Going to do some stuff on, my, on the laptop, and within like two minutes, I had to close the laptop down and put it to the side because I was just like. This needs this needs my full attention because there's just so much nonsense, brilliant See, stuff I, going on. I on the, I, on, on I had a quick like look online and the Guardian gave it a great review and I thought this sounds great. Yeah. So I was, I was I was kind of thinking this sounds a little a little bit like a Twin Town kind of thing. Um, kind of it's small sort of time. What I, what I was really surprised about is like in, in, in Ireland, I think it was like the fastest selling box office yeah. Irish yeah. Uh, film, but we didn't really, never, I don't think it was, even, I'm surprised. I don't know if it was released over here at all. I didn't really hear about it until I saw the sitcom afterwards. Because we got, we got like The Guard, we got mm. um, Calvary as Calvary, well. Calvary, um, we got, there's another one, Sing, oh, Sing, Sing Street. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So it does, it, I don't know why we don't just naturally get everything that comes in. And Grabbers as well. Did you ever see Grabbers? Yeah, I did see Grabbers. Grabbers is really is that, fun. Is that based in Ireland? Yeah, that's set in Ireland. That was, and, um, okay. That was the guy that was in Coupling. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's got that lovely thing of really dry Irish humour while aliens are killing people. <laughs> and the only way that they can defend themselves from aliens is by getting drunk. And yeah. uh, so everyone has to get absolutely <laughs> twatted and then fight aliens. And it's genuinely, again, lovely. And and one of that, there's, again, the thing I love about Young Offenders, but the thing with Grabbers and the thing with Calvary and, and, and the Garden, all those films, is you've got these incredibly beautiful intimate scenes and quite funny intimate dialogue. And then it will cut to like the most incredible scenic view yeah. of just like, you know, lakes and the coast. And go, I guess, oh, wow. I guess in Bruges has got a bit of that as well because Irish characters, mm. but in a idyllic... It's a fucking fairy tale. <laughs> I mean, the, the, it is very, very funny. It's really accessible as well. I mean, the one I, I did write something like one of the characters said that his mum cooks food like she hates food. Yeah, and it's just it's <laughs> yeah, it's all those. Really I love funny. those. There's a line like right at the top when they're sort of saying. Uh, what was he saying? You know, um, uh, you've got a jock saying to Connor, and Jock's the kind of uh, the cocky kind of. 
supposedly handsome one is he's the bigger one he's the one that kind of commands things and then there's the Connor who's the smaller one who kind of follows everything he does and there's this nice bit where Jock's kind of saying you know come on you know we can we can get it I know how to get there you know how to find things and Connor's like yeah if there's stuff to be found then I'll find stuff <laughs> you know it's just it's that sort of slightly weird dialogue it's beautiful yeah I think the relationship at the end is really nice as well if I don't know how true any of that part is but the fact that there's you can do spoilers, can't you? Yeah, yeah. So the fact that the mum ends up adopting the other kid, I thought that was just lovely. In the way that that kind of circled all around, I thought that to me was just the perfect conclusion, I think. It's nice. All, all the all the plot lines come back round, which is lovely. And I think that's a really nice writing style as well. Like, I really like um, Billy Murphy, who's the sort of psychopath character you're introduced to near the beginning because he yeah. steals Connor's phone. And uh, and because Jock then makes a rubber mask of his <laughs> face and Billy. goes around stealing bikes as fake Billy, which is hilarious. But then the whole way in which that concludes towards the end where Billy Murphy is released from prison just in time to be able to thwart this other psychopath killer from getting a drug dealer, you know, from getting... And it just is a lovely way of kind of bringing everything together yeah I, I just had a lot of fun with it um i wasn't sure i don't know the only thing i'd say which i kind of thought oh, not sure about that was the the guy that they stole the drugs off um because he had a, he had a gammy foot and a gammy hand and that was part of the thing but he didn't he didn't have that much of a redeemable character set there did he he was just unfortunately he'd been it's just one disabled. of those slightly bizarre moments in there where you're just a bit like, I don't know if I'm laughing at this or not. Yeah. It's a bit odd. Yeah, it's weird. he's played by PJ Gallagher, who's a really good stand-up comic in, in Ireland. But weirdly then in the series, that character's not around and PJ Gallagher plays their teacher at the school. Oh, okay. Um, which feels like a kind of more... Sense. But, but you're right, I, I don't know why they made that character disabled when PJ Gallagher isn't. But then they also don't really allude to it other than just... it just comes out in the way that he walks but yeah it was, it's a really odd decision that i don't know why that happened i think it's just what the potential reason why connor was saying let's not steal the cocaine i think that's maybe just have that kind of mm. um yeah let's not steal it because you know he needs it more than we do kind of thing but then he turns out to be a really really evil nasty guy um and also stealing- that's like the really haunting because it is like you said really love it's it's quite it's got a lot of heart it's funny but he he shoots people with a nail gun yeah uh, <laughs> you know, Ray, the drug dealer and that's horrible <laughs> I think Helen alluded to the fact there is quite a lot of moral ambiguity to it. The fact that, like you said as well, Tien, that the the cocaine is used for the betterment of life, which is what you find in a lot of those towns. And, you know, going into my area of drug policy, a lot of times you find that um, social deprivation breeds the need to go into drug dealing, just pure survival and trying to better yourself. And the fact that that is used as, they're not going into it of quick, let's grab some drugs and do a, big heist like a train spotting kind of thing it's more in i don't know how you describe their their vending system but they've not gone into it for that for that real moral degradation side of things they've gone into it for more of a well it's one of my questions about the film is if they did manage to keep the cocaine spoilers um <laughs> i don't know how what they then do with it because I, mean, I can't really then imagine nothing case- yeah nothing in their characters would suggest they would know what to do with it yeah or who to sell it to or how to price it or Anything They're not smart enough, no. really, and that's the lovable thing about their characters. Yeah, so it's it's such an impossible uh, it's such an impossible task that they set themselves, and that's why it has such lovely high and then low points throughout the film. You know, and, and also all the classic things that you need in a buddy film, where like the reason for them to fall apart and stop being mates, the kind of you know all those. Sort it's of really moments. sad as well. Yeah. You genuinely feel, you know, that you know their friendship has taken taken their little dent, and you you're kind of like. But they've got to they've got to patch things together. They've got to make it up. 
I love, yeah, I really love the incidental bits with friends. And that's when I, when I like films like Twin Town and those buddy films. One one bit that really makes me laugh now, even though it was just an incidental part, is when they're both cycling along and Connor punches him and he, fall, <laughs> he falls into the wayside. And that's exactly the kind of thing I would have done to my friends or my brothers as we were cycling along at low speed, uh, just to kind of get away with it. Just even walking along as 11-year-olds would punch a friend and then like ran off. Um, and also when they were... <laughs> so Connor's Connor for some reason has got a sore ass and he, he puts, yeah, a, he puts an ice cream down puts ice cream down his pants and they decide to jump into the they're about to jump off the off the pier into two foot of water and they're like psyching themselves up and getting that kind of thing going and then the guy the, the guy just stops and goes you're going to break your legs guys what are you doing there's, there's just so many kind of incidental buddy films which I always really yeah. draw myself to and that's why I like the in-betweeners a lot because I can extrapolate that kind of bands that I used to have with my friends there and I think they just play it really well in this in this film and it, it I mean there are a few moments but it does resist the urge just to be pure gross art humour as mm. well it's a lot cleverer than that it is which is nice yeah, yeah. It, it alludes to certain things like there's a whole poo scene but it doesn't go too far yeah. it, it really doesn't no, it just <laughs> sounds bizarre saying that but there is there's so many points of heart within it isn't there like you said the, the fact that they don't even call it drugs or, or cocaine it's treasure yeah, and that, that completely sets up the innocent mindset of it. Even though they're ultimately trying to do a drug deal, they're seeing it as treasure. It's um, it's it's that whole attitude. They want to be kind of big metal. You know, they they talk about this big grandiose life, but then they can't even kill a chicken, or they, you know, mm. or they're too. They're afraid of lots of stuff, and it's there's a real vulnerability to their characters that I I really like, and you can really connect with. Um, and and again, it's that thing that I was sort of saying before that. What I love, one of the things I get really angry about with comedies, I'm so picky and it's awful, but I get really angry with comedies where everyone's unrealistic because I always like that you need some sort of grounding. And what I like about this film is while you do have some straight characters, like I'd say the mum is almost a straight character, though she's got some really funny lines about what is it, this is a sucker fish and that'll be your nickname in prison or whatever, it's amazing. <laughs> but you know, but, but, um, but the, the the boys themselves are, they feel plausible. They mm. feel like they could be real people because. They're just ridiculous and stupid enough that you think, yeah, I, you're a teenager. You probably would be up to this sort of nonsense. But then they've got the the real life problems as well. I don't know. It's it's they're really well rounded characters. Everyone seems really well, maybe except the policeman. I think, but yeah, I mean, he's obviously he's an, ex, an extreme case, but everyone around him realizes he's an idiot. Mm. So it, the fact that he, everyone's like, well, why are you chasing this bike thief? And the fact he goes to all this effort to put on a, a GPS tracking thing and all these kind of, you know, he's taking it too far, but that's part of the, part of the plot. Um, I like the way, what's Connor's mate called? Uh, Jock. Jock. I like the way Jock was so insightful as to say, yeah, that, guy, that guy's been chasing us for the past half hour and almost like he's a, you know, he's a crack um, undercover policeman. He, you know, he knows all these things. He sees, he sees his area. He knows his domain really well. And someone's chasing him on a bike. He can, he can kind of sense them. Yeah. Um, well, it's like the scene where he wants to do the heat scene, the heat conversation <laughs> in the cafe. Where <laughs> he feels that the best thing to do is like Robert Gino and Al Pacino, just confront the cop, in, uh, the cop in a cafe and set out the ground rules, which obviously completely, <laughs> completely goes wrong. <laughs> so lovely that that's the first thing. And he said, that's his only kind of field of expertise. Well, I've seen it in a film. It's got to be what works. I love that. And also, I think it's, it's really interesting. Obviously, they're um, on the trail of cocaine, but the actual real damage is kind of done with alcoholism yeah. in, in um, Jock's father and the old guy who they end up sharing a, an yeah, evening that was, with. Yeah, that was pretty sad, and, that, wasn't it? I mean, I, I guess 
I mean, obviously stereotype Irish do love their drink, but I imagine that it's, you know, quite a, a commonplace thing. So it does have these kind of quite poignant moments and um, that kind of do bring it back to a reality as well, which I think is really interesting because they could have played it for laughs or, or not included it, but it's quite an interesting sort of side to it as well. And that's totally where it strays into my department of drug policy because you do, the cycles repeat themselves. If you've got an abusive family life then the chances are that it's, that cycle is going to repeat and that is where the, the kids made a really brilliant case of that when um, which one is it Jock uh, Connor I can't remember the one that had the, the father that was drinking Jock. Jock. Jock, yeah. so him you know he, he was clearly not happy in his home life and that was the whole pursuit of why he wanted the treasure and the, the, the way out of his entire life and it's sad you know and it is you do see it all the time cool um, I think unless anyone's got anything else to say let's go to the scores do you want to uh, no, I should say that I, I quoted something wrong earlier and I sure. feel awful about it. The actual line is, if I was looking for stuff, stuff would be found, which is way better than whatever I said. <laughs> I wrote it down, didn't look at it. What an idiot. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so these are uh, non-painted, but we might do it one day. Yeah. Flixwatch scores. You, you can have um, up to five in decimal places, should you feel, uh, and zeros, but no minuses. And... Uh, because uh, it's your choice, we will start with you on the recommendation. I'm going to be awfully biased and just say, I, I've recommended this to absolutely everybody I know, so I'm going to give it a five because I, I do. I, I just constantly tell people to see this. Fair enough. Yep. Unashamed bias. <laughs> Jason? I, I think I would go for a four, but it was bizarre because I watched it over two halves. I watched some in the morning yesterday and then some in the evening and my other half came in and she went, what is this? Is it just some kind of Irish stand by me? And I was like, no. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know how to explain it wasn't. And so I probably wouldn't recommend it to my other half and people like her, but I'd probably go three and a half, I think. Helen? Um, yeah, I, I did really, really like this. I didn't think it was perfect as such but there is so much to enjoy about it it's funny um it kind of feels very real um and i quite like the the idea that there's you know they've, they've got a series about it because i think there's a lot of strengths in it but there is that slightly i think the ending lets it down a little bit the sort of finale in what way i don't know it's just it was just a little bit i don't know too neat in a way? Yeah, maybe a little bit too neat. And I'm not sure just how they, they, they kind of ended up with everyone there and kind of wrapped it up. And I guess it, it worked for the story. But but do you mean the finale uh, when everyone... When is in the in the kitchen at the tea party. Shot. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's obviously it's farcical, but yeah. uh, it works. I thought it kind of, I thought that was nice. I thought you meant how the foster, how the hell. Oh, no, I, I like that. Okay. I think that kind of, I don't know whether they, I presume they didn't know that they were going to get a TV series out of it, but it kind of set it up yeah, does it, quite does, nicely. The, does the fostering continue? Yeah, it yeah. does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, in the, no, so in the, the series is all more, pay, I mean, it's funny, the series kind of covers some of the ground of the film again, right. but in a different way. So they have different mission. I think they have to steal a massive tuna fish in one of the episodes. And then there's sort of, uh, yeah, it, things, it, they're, they're various, it's funny because I watched them in quite quick succession so there were, there were almost shots from the film. I went, oh, you've used them again for the TV series. But, it, <laughs> but they pace it out a lot nicer and I think that they've, having six episodes to do that is definitely to their advantage rather than having to wrap things up quickly. Mm. Um, 
But uh, but you see, I re- I really like the ending. I think it's got a very um, something it reminded me of maybe a sort of Danny Boyle esque, but that kind of it was you know certain slowdown moments to this really kind of bouncy soundtrack, and it's just I found it quite funny slapstick humor. But yes, you're right in that it's kind of slightly too conveniently neat. It just so happens that everyone knocks on the door at the same time. But yeah, I mean, it does with, sort I, of work right, with the right amount of skills to do this <laughs> Yeah, one's got the knife, one's got the the nail gun. <laughs> I'm a four point five. Four point five. I'm going to join you on the four point side of the scale. Um, maybe in four point six. I think. I, yeah, I was really kind. Of, I'm really happy with this. I'm disappointed that I hadn't heard of it before you said it, and glad that you brought it to us. Um, and like I said, when I saw the poster and I saw the rating that Netflix has given it for me, I thought it's just going to be. What does Netflix know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I just really, really liked it. And like yourself, Helen, I think there's a few people who wouldn't. Um, no, sorry, like yourself, Jason. I know that I think there's a few people who wouldn't wouldn't appreciate it, but. I think there's probably less people than you think. I think people just, if there's anything talking about drugs or like gross out stuff, then they're probably the people you kind of stay away from. But if anyone's got any kind of... And also subtle humour. I think there are certain people that, that don't like their Danny Boyle humour and things like that, and they prefer that either like a dumb and dumber in-your-face comedy. They don't necessarily like that dialogue comedy. You're going to be better to speak about that meeting, and there's probably scientific terms to put on that. Well, but I think I think it's also how this film was clerk because like you said, I, I really didn't know about it till the T V series. I think if somebody came to me and said it's a heartwarming, funny Irish comedy, I would have gone, Oh, I'll check that out before knowing much about, it, you know. But it's called The Young Offenders. It's mm. got these two kids dressed up yeah. in their kind of uh, you know tracksuits yeah. and yeah and shaved heads and weak moustaches whatever and I kind of thought oh and, and immediately before I saw the series well I assumed it was going to be some really crap character comedy yeah. um, and I just gave it a chance because somebody had sort of said oh it looks good so I, I think it maybe it's the way in which it, it, it's packaged you know um, I think if you approach people with it and said actually there's a lot of heart to it it's also very funny you, you might get more people on board but also if they're not ready for the accents and they come in halfway through that's a tough yeah I'd say tough sub- view, subtitles <laughs> it was very helpful. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think I need the subtitles, but I think if you if you're struggling at all with any with any TV show or film, just put the subtitles. It's not like a admission of failure. It's just admission that you want it's to. It's also quite funny when they describe things that as that are happening on screen, but with the subtitles oh, in terms caption. of the, in the music as well, which is quite funny, which yeah. adds an extra level of humor. rousing music. Yes, yes. Yeah. that's it. Yeah. See, my mum's deaf, so I'm quite used to the subtitles, and that you do get some brilliant stuff. I, think, I can't remember which film it was, but it was one film that specifically put in subtitles that weren't remotely connected to the film, and you watched it with the subtitles. It added so much to it. I think it might have been a series of unfortunate events or something like that. A lemony snicket. Yeah. Monty Python and the Holy Grail have subtitles that have nothing to do with the film, <laughs> and it's really fun watching that. There's a, there's basically the subtitle person resigns, I think, during it, and it's it's a really fun really? watch. Yeah. I did, how, how did I not know that? It's yeah, it's really good. That might, I don't know if that was only the DVD edition, but I remember they they specifically written subtitles that were nothing to do with what was going on. Because <laughs> Life of Brian's on there at the moment, so maybe Holy Grail's on there on uh, Netflix. Oh, it's worth having a look. Yeah, yeah. I'll check it out. Check it out. Yeah. Um, repeat viewing score. Ten. Uh, I'll give this slightly. I won't go as, as nuts for this one. I've enjoyed. I've seen it. What have I seen it three times? But uh, in the space uh, of how long? Sorry. Uh, when did I start? Probably within this year. I oh. think that was too. But again, one of those was to kind of rewatch before doing this. So I don't think I'd have watched it. I think I'd have given it a bit more of a break, probably. Sure. Uh, th- three and a half, four. Okay. It's one of those lovely films, but I don't think you'd want to. 
watch it endlessly. Well, which one do you want? Three and a half, four? Oh, let's go three and a half. Let's go three and a half. I'll try and be restrained. To be as uh, unleashed as you want to be. I think, I think I'll go three because it's a good film. I definitely liked it. It, it reminded me quite a lot of of the sort of mid to late 90s stuff that I used to watch. And again, mm. Danny Boyle would totally spring to mind within that. Um, so I would watch it again, but probably not for some time. So I think I'll go three. Helen? I'm, I'm kind of on the same. I'd say a three, um, but I'm not adverse to watching it again, but I wouldn't be in a rush. But, you know, if maybe if I came across the TV series, I'd be quite interested in that. Yeah. Uh, three. Mm. I'm going to go a bit higher than you guys. 3.9, I reckon. Um, very keen to watch a TV series. And it's quite interesting because most TV series um, then spin off into a film, don't they? Mm. And typically, the only case I can think of was... Lockstock, when it had Lockstock and then yes. a series of TV sh- episodes after that, which they made were- TV shows. Yeah, yeah. Said Lisa Rogers, didn't it? Um, yeah, it did have Lisa Rogers. Yes. That's, you're right. She was the main attraction for it. That's why we're like, oh, fancy her. Yes. Um, and that wasn't very good. But uh, typically, it's TV shows, four seasons, and then a movie, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, I'll be interested to watch it. Yeah, that's the reason that- why you've watched it. The film based on the TV show. Yeah, I was going to, I'd almost go back to the TV show quick and though with the film. Yeah. Simply because I said that they're half an hour, they're really digestible. Mm-hmm. And in particular, uh, I won't give too many spoilers for the TV show, but the, the final episode of the first season is just beautiful. It's, it's uh, Billy Murphy takes a bus hostage by accident. So it, and it is an absolute joy. Like It's just a real <laughs> perfect half an hour of comedy. It's glorious. Um, when we talk about comparisons, when you said takes a bus, uh, speed two, the episode of uh, Father Ted... Where he where he hijacks the, <laughs> the milk float. Um, that is glorious. It's one, <laughs> one of the most beautiful half hours of television ever. Um, is that a fair comparison? Just Irishness. I think no. I get where you're going with that. I think it has got that. It's got that subtlety to it, and I, that's what I agree with. Um, I said four three point nine, didn't I? Yes. Small screen score, Tinan. Um, I think it's a perfect TV movie. I really like it on TV. I mean, again, I haven't seen it on the big screen, and it's got beautiful cinematography. You know, as we said, it's beautiful kind of vistas of of uh, of County Cork. But I think it's a really good. Like, I'd love it on a Sunday afternoon. Mm. That would be like ideal. Been down the pub, maybe about a couple of pints. Yeah, and then yeah. turn that on. That's 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 perfect. You yeah. know, I think so. Um, I'm going to give that. I give it a four on the small screen score. I agree with that. I think it's totally a small screen film. I can't imagine seeing it on the cinema, other than the fact that it has got great cinematography. But I think, yeah, I think four, because why wouldn't you want to watch it on Netflix? Or And I, I'm really picky about people that watch films on a train and things like that. I, I hate Do you that. want to do this? Yes. It's like, just <laughs> stop it. Wait until, until you get home and get set up and invest into it. But I think it could be a film that works on a community. Yeah, which I think. I do. I, I completely get that. And I, I don't like the idea of watching a film on the tube, but I do get that some people have like an hour long commute each way. And it's like, well, that's a good way to listen to a podcast, yes. read a book. Yeah. Yeah. But podcast, still. perfect podcast yeah. listening time. I mean, I, I'm, I mean, a, if, I'm a podcast listener. If you've seen the film, you should tap them on the shoulder, wait for them to do that and go, yeah, he dies in the end. <laughs> <laughs> There's a film in that, like the, yeah. the commute horror story yeah. where someone gets okay. murdered because of that spoiler. Yeah. yeah. Let's write it. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's crowdsource that. <laughs> Helen um, I'm going to give it a five I think this is 
I mean, it's it's perfect for the next Netflix arena. I mean, it's a fairly recent film as well and something that I didn't know anything about. And, um, you know, it's on Netflix. It's, um, you know, this great little movie that's been made really well. And, you know, this is where it's got to find its audience. So I, I really recommend it. And it's nice that it's on there to, to find. Five. I'm going to give it a slightly lower score than you because I think had I known it existed and there was out in the cinema for a week or two, I would have enjoyed having a, a big laugh with people in the screening with me at the same time. Oh, that's time. a good point, yeah. Um, and I think but I, think, got... I also think it's funny enough that you can have just a lovely little time. Oh, you can. I, I mean, I was totally surprised. Like I say, I was fully set on writing some emails and like hopefully tittering away. But like I say, within two minutes, I'd put the computer down and... Um, that's kind of rare these days. It's had me within two minutes, but I think I would have enjoyed having people in the audience. So 4.58. The engagement score. So um, how engaged were you? Were you checking your phone? Did you have have, a, have to have a stop and make a sandwich to get yeah. through the end? I'm DBing too. I, no, I watched it. This was, again, but similar to when... Um, Again, to keep having to refer to the TV show, but that was similar. When I first started watching TV show, we immediately, me and wife thought, oh, we've got half an hour spare, we'll put it on, mm. and started playing our phones, immediately put them down. And then because we came to the film with that attitude, we're then fully engaged with it. So I think it's, it's surprising how much it sucks you in, actually. Yeah, so I, I'm going to give that quite a high rating, actually, with a, of a five. Quite high. It's- the highest, it's the, the highest. highest. Yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't. I didn't even. I didn't even check Twitter, and that's uh, that's weird because I've definitely got a problem with checking Twitter. So well, it is. It is officially one hour twenty four minutes, which means like maybe one hour twenty, including the credits. I didn't even clock yeah. the time. Yeah. It's a really so, nice brief film, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, Jason. Yeah, I was, I was quite engaged, and I didn't think I would be. I was, I was kind of begrudging going into this from the start because <laughs> I'm, I'm not actually that big a fan of of, of those. You know, I'm not greatly keen on Twin Towns and. So I thought this is not going to be for me. Uh, and of course, being Monday morning when I chose to watch it, I should have been doing actual proper work. Um, <laughs> but I found myself like, no, I can I can totally get into this. But I did watch it over, that, that was nothing to do with the film, but I did watch it over two parts. So I'd probably go with, yeah, I think 4.5. I think it's surprisingly engaging, which is backhanded compliment. I apologise for the filmmakers on that. Um, Helen? I'm going to give it a five. I've was completely engaged in this and I think it's it's got a really great pace so it, it zips along really well um it's there's no dull moments in it mm. it is just really great and um yeah I was completely sold on it from from the start no it doesn't there's no which is quite rare because there's seems to always be kind of a bit where you're like didn't need to be there or like come on get to the bit where they do the thing and and wrap it up where there, there was none of that yeah, it's something I forgot to mention. It's just how pacey it is. Mm. It's really, there's a really nice kind of speed to it all, isn't there? It just rattles through. And again, the soundtrack's really nice and punchy. It's, it's sort of, um, it's the other film it really reminded me of, I forgot to mention earlier, but it was Human Traffic. Yes. And yes. um, just cause it's got yeah. that similar kind of big tunes carrying things through, but also really snappy dialogue. And it never seems to slow down, you know? Um, very 90s feel in that way. Um, Sorry, I'll, I'll go for a five as well. Like I say, Put my laptop down, didn't think about the work I had to do. Um, snapped along and loved all, every minute of it. Yeah. So engagement score of 4.875, which really has got to be nice. one of the highest ever. Uh, overall score of 4.25. So where did that's... it lose points? Repeat, repeat viewing. Yeah, okay. that's really strong, that is. Yeah. Anything above a four is pretty good. Yeah. Nice. So, 
So well, you're uh, welcome. And <laughs> yeah. uh, no, totally. And um, the fact none of us had heard the um, this episode of this film before is brilliant, and for it to be a good film is is brilliant. And this is what Netflix should be doing: is like yeah. automatically rep- recommending you yes. things like that. So, or yeah. maybe it shouldn't, because th- that should be our job. Yeah, yeah. Don't, yeah, don't. <laughs> Don't improve don't, your don't algorithms. I mean, this is one of the ones you have to search and start. To, I had to type in all of the word "young." Yeah. To find, I don't know. I don't know if you guys found it quicker yeah. than that. But well, sometimes it starts. Well, if someone's got the name Alan, Young, like Paul Young or someone, they'll start bringing their names up instead of like the film. Because I, I was trying to find French and Saunders because all their all their seasons are on all their oh, really? shows are on there. Yeah, okay. And when you start typing French, like comes it French films. Yeah, French films. All these other things. You like, well, surely it's French and Saunders. We're in the UK. You type in Fre. It's got to be French and Saunders is the first thing that comes up. It's got but one of the worst. Search. I, I hate Netflix's search fun- function. It just it's very clunky. Until, yeah. I was a little bit worried because I, I had got to maybe like the 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 N and the G and I was like, oh, it's not up here. What if it's gone? What if it's gone? It's not here. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. And then off. Still not there. The panic. But yeah, I'm going to be, um, I've got some friends who, who, who live in Cork, so I'm going to recommend this to them yeah. and see if they've seen it. Every Irish person I'm going to say, have you seen this? Yeah. And every non-Irish person as well. Yeah. Right, guys. So let us know where we can find you online and um, say sayonara to the to the fans. So I'm at Jason Tron. And if you want to follow Stop and Search stuff, then go to at UK Leap and then get in touch with Drug Policy. Uh, and I'm at Tin and Duyeb, uh, and I'm not going to spell that for you. And uh, you can find my podcast, uh, Partly Political Broadcast, um, uh, where you find podcast things. Yeah, awesome. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks for bringing the film. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks for having us. Bye. 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 Cheers, guys. You were just listening to the latest episode of Flicks Watching Podcast. Thank you to Brendan Russell for his sublime editing skills. Mighty people for the tunes you can hear right now. Please do come to iTunes and find us, like, subscribe, share with your friends. Find us on Twitter at Flicks Pod and our website, flickswatcher.tv.